Welcome back. We continue. Just moments later, um, it's still a beautiful Monday morning, lovely and lively as always. We continue with Evan Schleiman. Now we're going to move on to Perak Yud, Simon Gimel. Okay, moving right along over here in the next Simon. <coughs> here we go. Says the guy, Tzedakah u'mishpat heim dalsois ha Interesting piece here from the guy in Gimel. Do have to crack this open a little bit. The guy says some uh, ideas on the topic of, of Talmud Torah, of learning Torah. So says the guy, and, and again, he, this is being brought in over here because we're dealing with reward and punishment right now, which is going to segue us into the afterlife and the after-afterlife, the world to come, Gehenna and Gan Eden. In the meantime, we're talking about reward and punishment. The guy says, Tzedakah and Mishpat, the concept of Tzedakah, Tzedakah, we can leave untranslated for now, we, we all know what Tzedakah is, and Mishpat, what's Mishpat? Justice. Heimdal Torah, those are the doors of Torah. The doors of Torah, the doors, D-O-O-R-S, are Tzedakah and Mishpat. Tzedakah and, and charity and justice are the doors of Torah. Okay, what does that mean? Not clear. Uschar had Tzedakah The reward for Tzedakah is Oishar's wealth. Okay, that sounds good. That, that makes sense. Uschar Mishpat, Mishpat Emes, Humem The reward of Mishpat Emes, of Justice, that is, true justice, correct justice, accurate justice, is Memshallah's authority. Authority. Someone who does not, does not apply Mishpat and Tzedakah where he needs to, someone who does not perform justice and Tzedakah, will lose the wealth and the authority that he was deserving of from other mitzvahs. If there may, may have been other mitzvahs that should have earned him mita kenega mita as a reward, authority and oisher, authority and wealth, if he neglects mishpat and tzedakah, he will lose the oisher and memshala that he was deserving of. Okay, that, that's an interesting piece. This does need to be digested, and cracked open, analyzed and understood. So the guy is talking about, he starts off by talking about, it seems, Torah. And then he talks about, he talks about two things that are the doors of Torah. And on those, once he's on those two items, he, he tells us further what the reward for those two items are. And then he tells us that, that not only that's the reward for these two items, but if you fail to perform these two items, if you fail to observe them, you'll lose those, those uh, elements altogether, even if you were deserving of them from somewhere else. So what are these two items? The focal point seems to be tzedakah and mishpat. That's really the focal point over here in Sim and Gimel. Tzedakah and mishpat. Um, charity and justice. And we're really being told three things about tzedakah and mishpat. We're told, A, <clears throat> these are the doors to Torah. We're told, B, what their reward is, wealth and authority. And we're told, C, that um, <clears throat> not only the reward of tzedakah mishpat is wealth and authority, but if I fail to do tzedakah properly, if I fail to do mishpat, then I will lose I, I will lose wealth and authority, even if it was supposed to be coming to me from elsewhere. So the, the punishment for not performing them is I'm stripped of my wealth, 
Chalil, and I'm stripped of my authority, Rachman al-Islam. So, let, let, let's, let's um, try to ask a few questions over here to um, get things, set things into motion, try to get to the core of what the guy is, 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 is developing over here and sharing with us about Kishar and, I'm sorry about Tzedakamish, but again, that clearly is the, the, the core idea over here, the, 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 the core focus in discussion is Tzedakamish, but charity and justice. And first of all, what does that mean altogether, that the doors of Torah and Tzedakamish, but when do we associate Torah with things like Tzedakamish, but and we know that Tzedakah is a big mitzvah. Everybody knows that. You've got to give tzedakah. Tzedakah is a beautiful mitzvah. Using the money the Rebbein Shem gave you to help out others. Beautiful. That's amazing. Okay. What, 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 where is this association with Torah coming from? Since when do we make a connection between tzedakah and Torah? And Torah. Like, these, are, these aren't two dots that we normally connect. Like, Torah is Torah and tzedakah is tzedakah. You know, like, the guy would tell us, like, the, the entry point, the, 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 the delas, the delas, the door... The door for Torah is uh, the mitzvah of Shiluach Hakan, Shiluach Hakain, whatever you want to call it. That's that's how you get to. That's that's the door to Torah. Is this mitzvah again? That's an odd connection. It's an odd, not a non-intuitive connection. When do we make this connection? Where do we find this connection with tzedakah and learning? And, and mishpat also, you know, mishpat, um, justice. Maybe we understand that justice is, you know, an applied Torah. We hear such a thing that was justice is about giving a psak, Besdin giving a ruling. Okay, that's the application of Torah. There, there, there's a little easier to hear the connection between Mishpat and Torah, that, that um, you know, Mishpat is some kind of door when it comes to Torah because an applied um, halachical situations, you know, you have to convert Torah to a mishpat, to a, to a psak. But even then, you know, the guy seems to be making a broad sweeping statement that mishpat is one of the two doors to Torah, and whatever that means, we have to understand that. And it doesn't sound like, you know, he's addressing only the dayanim. Not, not all of us are going to be dayanim. Not all of us are going to be paiskim. Not all of us are going into rabbanis that we're going to be rendering a mishpat. So why would the guy be giving us a very general, sweeping, broad statement that mishpat is one of the two doors to Torah? Another question we've got to ask um, is, is uh, you know, the, the, just the Pashup Shaq question over here. What does it mean altogether that Tzedakah and Mishpat are the doors of Torah? These are the doors of Torah. What does it mean to be a door of Torah? Um, and that's together, side by side, with the first two questions, why are these the doors of Torah? Tzedakah Mishpat, these, you know, non-intuitive connections, the items that are being connected to Torah. So what does it mean that they're the doors? And why are these two items? Um, yeah, and then the rest of the paragraph, the rest of the shtickle over here, he's telling us what the reward of mishpat is. Um, that's memshal, authority. That's also a little interesting. Authority is, a, is like a reward. Authority is necessarily a good thing. Authority is sometimes a bad thing. Every, every, you know, do people necessarily um, want that kind of reward? Is it good for them? Is it in everyone's best interest to just be awarded authority? Memshalah? Memshal is a funny kind of word, right? Authority, and it doesn't always have the best of connotations. Memshallah. Usually, we use the term Memshallah to refer to someone who uh, is a harsh ruler, right? We know there's a Melech and a Moshel. 
a melech is a king, a moishal usually we say is like a dictator, a moishal, a despot, someone who, who rules whether they want him or not, whether they like him or not, someone who is not elected to his position through a democratic process, right? Like most of the people that are elected in um, the Middle East or um, Eastern Europe or South America, right? You, you, you may be elected through a non-democratic election. So that you're a moishal, not a melech. So it's just interesting over here that the guy is telling us that the reward a person gets through mishpat is memshala. You get memshala. We really want that. Is that in our best interest? Is it good to be a moishal? Right? A moishal doesn't, doesn't always have a very good spin. Why do you want to be a moishal? The, the fact that the schar for tzedakah is oishar, that, that, like we said when we went through it, the, the, the quick take, that is a little bit easier to relate to. You know, you, you, you're, you're the Mita Kanegamita person gives money for tzedakah, he'll get oishar, Hashem gives him more money. That l'chara does not need to be developed as much, but the fact that, that the schar for mishpat, for justice, mishpat emes, is memshala, what's the pshat over there? You know, what, what, what's going on with the, the fact that you're getting memshala? Why is that a good thing? Why, was, why would that be a, a desirable thing? Um, and, um, yeah, then finally, this is also an interesting idea at the end over here. Um, we're used to the idea that, you know, there is a meter connect, a meter reward. If I do tzedakah, I get wealth. If I do mishpat, emes, I get memshal, I get authority. But the guy says it goes a step further. If I fail to do tzedakah, I lose the oishu that I got from somewhere else. Like the oishu that I deserved from elsewhere, I'll, that'll be taken away from me. Memshal, authority that I got from elsewhere, that'll be taken away from me. The, well, what's the pshan that? Why will I actually lose my memshal? If I fail to do mishpat, the, the um, failure to earn it is not the same thing as grounds to lose it, right? In Lumdus, we, we understand that, that logically, one doesn't equal the other. Just because oisher and memshalah, wealth and authority are the rewards for, for tzedakah and mishpat, for tzedakah, charity, and justice doesn't mean that the lack thereof, the failure to perform them, will result in the loss. And yet the guidance telling us does result in the loss. So these are the questions that have to be asked over here on Gimel. And hopefully armed with these questions, maybe we'll be able to, to excuse me, analyze an approach to come away with maybe a deeper understanding of Oysher, I'm sorry, of Sadaka Mishpat. We translate it as, uh, what we normally translate as charity, Kama, and Mishpat, and justice, what their involvement in Torah is, what it means that they're the doors of Torah, and and, and, and these funny rewards such as Mamshala. So let's try to, using these questions as our guide, let's try to put this whole thing together. So, so let's start with the opening idea, the first of the three ideas that the guy presents over here, that Tzedakah and Mishpat are the Dalsais, are the doors of Torah. What do you mean to be a door, a door of Torah? So this is the imagery the Gain is using. And the Gain picks his imagery, he picks his Mishalim and his analogies very carefully. A door is what? A door is an access point. A door, a tier, is an access point. Without the door, you know, you have an area that I want to get to. You have the Wells Fargo Center. You have the Adire HaToyra event inside. You have this seating, that seating, the back seats, and the ringside seats, and the courtside seats, and the dais seats. Um, and it may be right there, separated just a, a few feet away from me. 
just a, a mere feet, a few feet away from me. But if there is a wall in between, if it's walled off, there's a mechitza, then I have no way of accessing it. I can't get to it. And maybe mamish right on the other side of this wall, but it is barred for me. Uh, the door is what gives you access to what is in a different realm, in a different on the other side of a mechitza, on the other side of a what otherwise would be an impenetrable barrier. That's what a door is. A door in Lamdas is an access point to something that's on the other side of a mechitza. That's barred otherwise and, 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 and cut off from me, um, inaccessible. The door gives you access to something that's in a different realm. Torah is in a different realm. Torah is above and beyond. Torah is, 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 is a higher place and is, is coming from a hechera place. Torah is something that really should be inaccessible to us. It's Hashem's essence, so to speak, Hashem's wisdom, which is one of the same as Hashem's essence. It's divine. It should be inaccessible to earthly people. It, we nevertheless have the ability to have an access to it, nevertheless, to have a relationship with Torah, nevertheless. And the guy is telling us that you want to have access to Torah, you want to have an approach to Torah to get to the other side of that barrier, that barrier that divides the natural from the supernatural, the physical from the spiritual. You have to have the right entry point, and that entry point, there's two doors, the double door of what divides the natural from the supernatural, the physical from the spiritual, the realm of the lowly, the corporeal, corporeal down here from the realm of Torah, those doors, the double door of the entry point, the access point, is the double doors of Tzedakah and Mishpat. That's what the guy is saying. So, again, what does it mean that Tzedakah and Mishpat are the doors of Torah? It means if you want access to the Torah, if you want involved with Torah, if you really want to be able to be one with the Torah, internalize Torah, and have your personal connection with Torah, you have to have tzedakah and mishpat. Tzedakah and justice. Tzedakah and justice. Okay, so we understand what a door is now. The guy is telling us, I really want to have a relationship, connection with all this. There's two things I better make sure that I live by and that I live with, and that's tzedakah and mishpat. The question is, though, again, Viter, why? Why are those the doors? Why is this the entry, the access point, the way of having a relationship with Torah is Tzedakah and Mishpat? You know, like, as we would say, as they would ask in the yeshivas, what shaykhis? What's the connection, per se, between Tzedakah and Mishpat and Torah? These are not the intuitive items that we normally find, you know, associated with Torah. Tzedakah is Tzedakah, that's great. Mishpat is Mishpat. Yeah, Mishpat maybe is applied Torah, applied Talmudics. But not all of us are going to be Dayanim, and not all, not all of us are going to Psak Halacha. Why are we being told as a universal statement that if I want access to the Torah, I want to, to, to um, an approach to make Torah personal and relevant to me, I need Mishpat together with Sadaka. So th- it's like this, Rabbi said. We have a beautiful idea that emerges over here. Beautiful, beautiful idea here from the Vilna Gain. And the Gain is telling us that... If you really want a personal relationship with Torah, if you really want access to the Torah, you really want to make the Torah yours, you want to own the Torah, you have to understand that who are you, where are you, and where are you learning? Yes, the Torah is a way of bonding with the infinite and uniting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and taking Hashem's Chachma and trying to make my Chachma, Hashem's Chachma, making my wisdom should be emulating Hashem's wisdom, should be patterned after Hashem's wisdom, should be absorbing Hashem's wisdom. And Torah is the, the highest form of godliness and, and the greatest, we saw in the Ramchal, the Hashem, the greatest possible exercise a, a person can have 
in, in, in being at one with God. Yes, that's true. But where are you doing it at the end of the day? You do it down here like all other mitzvahs. I, I really am down here. And I'm learning with the physical math, with a, a mind that houses a, a neshama, el yoinam, to be sure, a, a hecher neshama, which has involved my learning. But it has to interface through uh, a, a brain and a mind and eyes and a mouth and ears and a nose that are ultimately down here. My Torah learning starts down here, is grounded down here. And as such, my Torah learning and my exercise in bonding with the infinite starts down here and has to therefore be involved down here. Torah learning does not take place in a vacuum. I, I want my Torah learning to be authentic and real and to, and, and to be maximized to be maximized in the sense that it's really internalized in my entire being, in my entire essence. It has to be present in my entire being, in my entire essence. And it has to be grounded in my entire being, my entire essence, my entire learning. And it cannot be done in a vacuum. What does it mean to be, what, what would that mean to be done in a vacuum? That would mean that it is detached. It's not grounded. It's up there. It's floating up there. It doesn't come all the way down to my physical existence, my entire learning. That's what it would mean to be non-grounded, to be detached from my existence down here. And that's a Torah learning that doesn't have tzedakah and mishpat. What the guy is saying is that for my Talmud Torah, for my Torah occupation and preoccupation, my involvement in my own learning, to really come all the way down here, to be grounded down here, and therefore to be completely internalized and absorbed by the totality of who I am, and to be transformative of the totality of whom I am. And to really be inculcated into the totality of who I am and to be done bako mikol kol, for it to be the, the complete Torah learning experience, it's got to have tzedakah and mishpat. It's got to be a Torah learning that involves tzedakah and mishpat. And that's what brings it all the way down here. And that's what allows it to be totally absorbed by me. And that's what allows the totality of myself to be suffused with and imbued with and changed and transformed by my Torah learning. It has to be a Torah learning that has tzedakah and mishpat. Now what does that mean? What does it mean a Talmud Torah learning experience that involves tzedakah and mishpat? So this goes mamish together with the previous simonim. We're talking about a Torah learning that's not done in a vacuum, that's done down here, and the critical difference between Torah learning that's not done in a vacuum and is being done here is does it involve my surroundings? Does it involve the Bain Adam Lachaveroi? Does it involve the people around me? There's Torah learning, which is done in, in a vacuum, in an isolated sense, in a vinkala. Nobody knows about it. No one, no one is aware of it. It doesn't change anyone around me. It doesn't affect anyone around me. That's a Torah study, a Torah learning that's being done in a vacuum. That's a Torah which is devoid of Tzedakah Mishpat. That's indeed not grounded. That's, that's being done in a vacuum. And then there's the Torah involvement, study, and Talmudics that involves people around me. That's the tzedak and mishpat. Vasmate. What's the tzedak and what's the mishpat? What are these two aspects of Torah learning that involve the people around me? So it's like this. Tzedakah, we loosely translate as charity. Charity doesn't really mean charity. It means being there to take care of others' needs, realizing that I've been given resources to share those resources with others. When we translate tzedakah as charity, that's actually a disservice. 
Tzedakah is not really charity. Not monetary tzedakah and not learning tzedakah. Tzedakah doesn't mean charity. Maybe the King James version of the Bible. King James. King James decided that tzedakah means charity, but he did the world a tremendous disservice. Tzedakah is related to the word tzedek. Tzedek means what's richtig, what's appropriate, what's correct. This is what's correct. This is the right thing to do. This is the right thing to do. Um, I, it's for righteousness. Righteousness is a lotion of right. This is what's. This is the correct thing to do. Charity. When we hear charity, we go, oh, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a, a grace and nadvan. I'm 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 a, someone to go lifnim mishur sadin. I, I go above and beyond the call of duty. I feel so proud of myself that instead of ignoring that mishulach and shul, I actually fished out a dollar bill and I gave him a dollar bill. Wow, I did a good deed today. I, that's charity. So we 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 put that together with lifnim mishur sadin. But tzedakah is related to the word tzedek. It means you did what you were supposed to do. You did the right thing. What does it mean you did the right thing? It means I realized that if I have a dollar bill and that guy doesn't, the Rebbeinu gave me the dollar bill to be mashlam his chisar and he's lacking something, he's missing something. He has less and I have more. So I have to even out that differential. I have more and he has less because the more for me is supposed to flow into the less of him. That's why I have the dollar, and he doesn't have the dollar. That's why I have the miser money, and he needs money, he lacks money. There's supposed to be a flow, a cash flow, a divine cash flow that goes from the, you know, the, 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 the trickle down over here, trickle sideways, trickle up, whichever way you want it to trickle. But I have the surplus, he has the deficit. I have the surplus because it's supposed to find the deficit. That's Tzedek. Talmud Torah is the same way, the same exact thing. The same concept of tzedakah exists by Talmud Torah. If I'm in possession of learning, I'm in possession of knowledge, I have a learning surplus. I have a knowledge surplus. And I see a yid that has a knowledge deficit. I say to myself, why do I have a surplus of knowledge? And he has a deficit? Because there's supposed to be a trickle. There's supposed to be a flow. The Rebbeinu Shalom gave me, Baruch Hashem, a surplus of knowledge because I have to find the people with the deficit of knowledge and share that, share that knowledge with them. Beautiful idea. That's the tzedakah. That's the tzedakah, Rabbi Say. Tzedakah is, I have to find the people that are deficient in knowledge. I have a surplus of knowledge, Baruch Hashem, and i got to share that with them. That's when my learning is not in a vacuum. My learning is not isolated. My learning is not for me to be a nister in my corner, my vinkula, that I'm sitting and learning alone and nobody knows about my learning. No. It has to have tzedakah. My learning has to have tzedakah. I have to realize that there's a tzedek. Of, 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 of learning and, and, and that's one of the two doors that gives me the entry point and the access point to Torah I really want Siyad in my learning I want growth in my learning I want divine inspiration and, and, and um, a divine association within my learning I want to have the authentic learning experience it has to have a precondition of tzedakah that I'm learning not to keep all that learning for myself. I'm not learning in a vacuum. I'm not learning to make myself great, to make myself knowledgeable and, and uh, for my own satisfaction. It's there to be shared. I'm accumulating wealth in terms of my, 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 my um, knowledge base in my, my treasure trove of, of Torah. I'm accumulating that wealth to share the wealth, to share the wealth. I'm building up surplus to find where the deficit is to share that. That's, that is tzedakah, Rabbi Said. That's a beautiful, amazing concept. That's one of the two doors of learning. My learning is not intended to be done in a vacuum. And when it's not done in a vacuum, when it's there to be shared, that gives me divine assistance. That's the tzedakah aspect of learning. What about the mishpat aspect of learning? 
Learning with mishpat. What does it mean to learn with mishpat? Another element of how learning cannot be done in a vacuum. Learning can't be done in, iso- in an isolated sense, but a different kind of spin. Mishpat means justice. A psak. Yes, we associate with that with a psak, with a ruling, a halachic ruling. How does that factor into my learning? Not all of us, as we said, are going into Dionysus. Not all of us are going into Rabbanus. Not all of us are going to Psach Halacha. Yet all of us want to have divine assistance in our learning. All of us want to be able to have this access point, this entry point to Torah, which is through the doors of Torah. So all of us have to go through the Mishpat door. All of us have to have an element of Mishpat in our learning. What does it mean to have an element of Mishpat in our learning? The element of Mishpat in our learning is that our learning has to be when it's involved with other people, when we're learning with our charvusa, when we're teaching, when we're learning with others, it has to be with an, an involvement of mishpat, mishpat justice. Justice means emes, means truth. Truth. And the guy, as, as he goes through this paragraph, he says mishpat emes. The second time around that he mentions mishpat, if we notice, he says mishpat emes. Justice goes hand in hand with the idea of truth. Truth. And it's so easy, Rabbi Isai, when we're involved with others in our learning, to stretch the truth, to be loose with the truth, to be a little bit casual with the truth. And learning is not always about the truth and nothing but the truth. Not always, right? But if we want to so help us, God, the learning has to be the truth and nothing but the truth. That's what the guy is saying. You want that siyat shmaya. It has to be mishpat. It has to be mishpat emes. What does that mean that our learning, that sometimes we stretch the truth, sometimes we cloud and conceal the truth? When we're learning with others, whether it's teaching others, learning from others, studying together with others, with a, with a, with a, with a study partner, with a chavrusa, there's always a yitzahara for us to have more of ourselves involved, more of ourselves present for, for the Torah to become an opportunity for our own prestige and promotion, our own um, self-aggrandization, for, for us to make ourselves big and great. Gaiva, conceit, I came up with a good cash, I came up with a good svara, I'm giving an excellent cheer. And someone wants to challenge us, there's always this Yetzirah of like, you know, he may have a good kasha, but of stamping it and squashing it and, 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 and quelling it because, because uh, uh, it, it may be threatening to, to undermine the beautiful ideas that I'm trying to share. Or if I'm learning with my chavrusa, uh, it's, it's sometimes, you know, it's about a quest for the truth. Sometimes it's a quest for who's going to shout louder. Who, who, who can, who's the louder guy, right? Who's, who, who, who can outshout the other? Who can outshout the other? And sometimes when I'm in a shir, I'm sitting by a Rebbe, sometimes it's about, you know, trying to impress the Rebbe with a good question. Sometimes I'll, I'll actions, I'll be stubborn, stubborn with my Rebbe, stubborn with my chavrusa, stubborn with my students. I won't back down because I don't want to, get, I don't want to give up. I don't want to surrender. I don't want to back down from a beautiful idea that I concocted or from my position, I have to come out on top. That's learning without emes. That's learning without truth. That's learning without... Without, without a connection to Mishpat Emes. That's travesty of the truth. That's a perversion of the truth. And when someone has too much of himself involved in his learning, he doesn't have that door either. He doesn't have the door of Mishpat. Mishpat Emes. He's also not going to have this access point to the Torah. He's not going to have the divine assistance that he wants with Torah because Torah is Torah Emes. It has to have 
it has to be a quest for the truth and nothing but the truth, and then so help you God. Yes, and you'll get that siyadi tishmai. <coughs> but if not, no, God will not help you. Because it's not a quest for the truth, it's a quest for your own promotion. It's a quest for your own PR. It's a quest for your own prestige. And that's not Torah anymore. This is the idea of mishpat. The person has to be, excuse me, in his involvement with others in learning, which learning, yes, does have to involve everybody around us. It can't be done in a vacuum. It has to be recognizing everything that everyone else has to say, that maybe you, talk, you, maybe you have a good point. Maybe you have a good kasha. Let me think about what you just asked me. Let me stop and think about that. Taco, maybe, maybe, I'm not, maybe I missed something. Maybe I missed something. Yes, I know, I know I'm the maggot here. I know I'm the Rebbe. But I, I, I can miss something also. Maybe you're asking a good kasha. You know, I sat for many years by Rav Asher Arieli in the mirror. And people would throw out questions in the middle of Shir to Rav Asher Arieli. It's the biggest Shir in the world, I think, right? As of la- the last time they counted. On a daily basis, giving Shir to hundreds, hundreds, literally hundreds of people, upwards of, I don't know, six, seven, eight hundred people attend Shir on a daily basis. People routinely throw out good questions in the middle of Shir. He would stop and say, yeah, a good kasha. He asked a good kasha. Sometimes he would say it's a good kasha, and he would, in fact, back down from what he was saying. Sometimes he would say that's a good kasha, and he would go on. Now, sometimes he was saying it was a good kasha just because he wanted to go on. You know, Rav Asher didn't come to Shir. Uh, he had like an hour. He gave himself an hour and five minutes to come to, come, you know, to, he prepared to Shir. He, he had an hour and five minutes of material prepared. He didn't come to Shir to spend 20 minutes of Shir on your kasha, Right? He didn't come, you know, to, to, to devote shir, everyone. He has, a, you know, 400 people in the shir room, 500 people in the shir room. He didn't come to share, you know, 20 minutes of analyzing your question with those 500 people. He, he, has, he came already prepared with other things that he wanted to share. So, yeah, there's some, you know, could be once in a while, maybe he was saying it was a good kasha so he could move on. But there were times that he, I, I saw him on more than one occasion back down from an idea. Suggest an idea, uh, a solution that he had to a certain problem with the sugyo, and someone would throw at like a doozy, a whopper of a cash, he would say, you're right, you're right, what I'm saying doesn't work. The biggest maggot in the world, in front of a huge audience, wasn't afraid to say such a thing. That's learning Torah with a mishpat. That means that it's clear to me that my public involvement to Torah study is a quest for the truth, and nothing but the truth. It's not self-aggrandization. It's not about promotion. It's not about publicity and prestige. It's about sharing with everyone around me a quest for the truth. So these are the two doors, the access points of Torah. Tzedakah and Mishpat. I can't be learning in a vinkle. I can't be learning in a vacuum. I'm learning for the sharing of the wealth. I'm building up a surplus of knowledge to find where there's a deficit of knowledge to share that. And B, it has to be a quest for the truth. And you do find these two, these are the two doors that give me that siyat the learning. Lamaisa, we find these two aspects of Torah. We find the Torah called, we find Torah is called Torah's Emes, right? I should not say the Torah's Emes. Torah's called Torah's Emes. It's also called Torah's Chesed. Emes and Torah's Chesed. This is the duality over here of Tzedakah and Mishpat. It's Torah's Emes that if you want real authentic learning, you want Siyat Tashmai in your learning, it has to be a quest for the truth and nothing but the truth. If someone asks you good cash, you back down. If they're not saying good, you don't back down. Right? We'll get back to this maybe more tomorrow. There's no room for democracy either when it comes to learning. You can't be a nice guy either. If the guy's not saying good, you don't back down. You don't back then. If he doesn't know what he's talking about, if he's saying a crazy svaro, then you let him have it. You've got to rip him to shreds. You can't back down. You can't back down. No room for diplomacy. But if he has a good cash, you, you back down. You back down. That's Torah's MS. Then that's one of the doors that you need as the entry point. 
And the Torah's chesed, Torah's chesed is why am I learning? I'm learning to share my Torah with others. And if I'm not, if it's for my own satisfaction, my own fulfillment, Vaitar, you don't have the second door, the second access point and entry point to Torah, and you're really also not going to be getting the siyat you should be getting if you don't understand that you're building up this surplus, this the knowledge bank to share that bank with others, to share that with, with the people who are needy, who are, you know, have, have this, 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 uh, Torah deficiency, you're lacking the Torah's chesed, you're lacking the, the tzedakah, you don't have the second entry point. Good, we'll stop over here, we'll continue with Hashem tomorrow, and everyone should have a wonderful time.